On today's episode of the Talking Hawks podcast, we're joined by one of Hawthorne's coaches who's playing a pivotal role in the way that our young squad is continuing to grow and build. He's a former Hawthorne Triple Premiership player who's doing phenomenal work with our up-and-coming midfielders. We welcome to the Talking Hawks podcast, Hawthorne's midfield whisperer, David Hale. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. Thanks very much for joining us. You've just come back from your week away for the bye. What did you get up to? Uh, mine was very boring, actually. We, uh, I did a few chores around the house, did a little bit of golf. Um, but my family are heading out to the Gold Coast uh, post this game this weekend. So they'll stay for about 10 days. So that's their sort of break. Um, obviously, being from there, we've got some family out there that they'll stay with. So uh, unfortunately, I didn't, yeah, I didn't do too much uh, this time, but um, they'll get a bit more of a break next week. Hopefully you're rested and rejuvenated for the uh, the rest of the season ahead. Now, from yeah. 2016 to, to 2021, you were part of the Fremantle coaching group and then you came back to the Hawthorne Fold in 2022. Can you talk to us about that process of coming back home to Hawthorne? Uh, yeah, I obviously played um, footy with Sam for a fair while and we uh, maintained contact while we started our coaching journeys, I suppose. He was at West Coast and I was at Free at the same time, so... We used to catch up a little bit in WA um, and then obviously he returned uh, to Hawthorne in 2019, I think, um, and always just kept yeah, those lines of communication free. And my oldest daughter was starting year six um, last year. So we sort of had in the back of our mind, we wanted to come back at some point um, and it's obviously easier before they start high school. So a few things unfolded at Hawthorne around that time. And uh, unfortunately for us, I guess it it lined up with us Looking to come back, I still had another year to run at Frio, but uh, with everything lining up, it it paid for uh, for us to come over at this time. And um, yeah, the rest is history, I suppose. Now, when you first came back in 2022, you were the forward line coach and this year you've moved to the midfield. Was it your idea in terms of a change of position as line coach or was it something that the club decided? No, I'd, I'd spoken to Sam and Ish. I did six, oh, five or six years as the coach of the forwards at Frio. Um, so as you know, for my development as a coach, really wanted to branch out to another line. Um, and coming to Hawthorne with, you know, I came and, and Robert Harvey at the same time. So Sam wasn't didn't want to change, you know, multiple different areas. So um, one year doing the forwards here, which is good to to meet a whole new line of uh, players who I hadn't really worked with before. And then when the opportunity came to to finally move into the midfield group, um, yeah, it was one I was looking forward to doing and um had yeah, had previously spoken to Sam about doing that. Now, obviously, at the end of last season, we saw the departures of Yago Mira, Tom Mitchell, and Liam Shields, and then we had the retirement of Ben McAvoy as well. And if you listen to the mainstream media, they'll talk to us that it was a very contentious decision in terms of how that all uh, took place. Did you have much of a say, I guess, in terms of how that was happening at the time? No, not so not so much in terms of list management. Uh, I did a little bit more in terms of uh, recruiting uh, this year, particular in terms of the draft and looking at younger players coming through uh, again to further my um, development as a coach and as a as a senior coach, that's something you definitely have to do a lot more. And as an assistant, it's probably an area you don't do too much of. So it was good to get a feel for that side of it. Um, but no, the list management stuff is still something that's more um, obviously between Sam and, and Mark McKenzie at the moment. Um, but moving into that position, you know, we still we still had a lot of exciting young guys um, with a lot of potential. The experience level obviously went out in terms of games played and um, the age bracket of that those guys that went out. But um, I think we still had you know 16, 17, 18 guys that could go through the midfield at that particular point in time. So um, no, it was still definitely an exciting uh, move into doing that midfield group. 
if you look at the 2022 draft class that we have, it's certainly looking like it's an A-plus at the moment with uh, Josh Weddle and also Cam McKenzie having their games. We've seen Baz have his game as well, which was fantastic. And then obviously we've got Henry Husswaite, Jack O'Sullivan, and then Josh Bennett's waiting in the wings too. Yeah, I mean, Cam, I mean, pick, pick seven for Cam. He's a really, really balanced player. And everyone that watches Hawthorne will see that he's uh, he's got all the ingredients and tools to be a really good player for a really long time. So uh, he's made his mark. Already in the you know the eight to ten games that he's played, Josh Wordle's come in and hasn't missed a beat. Looks like he's been playing um, for a long time. Has yeah, all the athletic qualities um, that you'd want in a, in a in a player of his size and stature. And um, you know when preseason comes around, he he's definitely at the front of the pack in terms of all that stuff. But you can see in the way he plays, he takes the game on. He's he loves the competitive side of it, uh, and he and he'll back himself in. So um, yeah, he's very exciting. Um, who else do we have? Oh, Baz, yeah, Baz, Baz is, uh, I think he was our last pick maybe, but he's, um, his X factor in terms of his speed uh, really stood out watching him coming through that draft class. Um, and he's, everything he's done at Box Hill has reflected that. So it was really good that he got the opportunity um, and he'll play some some more footy going forward. Huss, Hussway is doing pretty well at Box Hill, uh, really good in and under midfielder, uh, really clean hands, um, reads the game well. So again, he's one that, you know, whether it's the back half of this year or, um, and with another summer under his belt, it'll be really important. Sales had a few injury um, setbacks along the way, just a few niggles that have kept him from that consistent footy. Uh, and JB's done some good footy at, at Box Hill as well. So, yeah, this this class has been been really good and should um, the fans of, of Hawthorne should be encouraged by that those young guys coming through. Absolutely. There's nothing like watching that young group of uh, players coming through and we know building towards something special. Now at the uh, the footy club, there's quite a few teachers on board. There's yourself, Andy Collins, Zane Littlejohn, and also head of football in terms of Rob McCartney. How much of a role do you think the teaching background has had in terms of building that confidence and self-efficacy of the young playing group? Uh, I guess with the different learning styles of the majority of the kids that come through these days, um, you know, with the with the technology that they currently have and the instant um, news and feedback they get, understanding how they how they all learn. So whether some will be visual, some will be um, more kinesthetic. So I guess having that teaching background and understanding what works best for each, and not just putting a, a square peg in a round hole for you know one size fits all is important as a coaching group. So um, having different different opinions. So my opinion on the game will be different to Colo's and. Um, probably different designs as well. So having that different inputs as well from from a coaching group is important. Um, but in the end, the the message we're trying to get across is needs to be uniform and everyone understands we're on the same page. So um, that's the biggest challenge for us as a coaching group to make sure the message to the players is is simple and easy for them to uh, execute come game day. Now, in terms of your role. You're obviously the midfield coach, but you're also the ruck coach as well after we had the departure of Monkey at the end of last season. Can you talk to us about how you're going in terms of running those those two roles, so obviously that dual coaching role, and how is that helping in terms of the synergy of those two areas working together? Yeah, it's been I've, – I've enjoyed it. Obviously, having the ruck background that I had um, has helped with the young guys who got through, Ned and, and Miki, playing AFL level at the moment, are still – I think everyone thinks they've played a lot of – you know, they've been around a fair while, but they've both only played between 20 and 30 games. So in terms of ruck, um, the prime for a ruckman, they've still got plenty of scope to improve. And um, while they're doing some things well at the moment, we expect their improvement to continue to grow um, in the back half of this year, but also in the years to come. Uh, so combining combining the ruck with the mids has been good in terms of getting that synergy. So we do a lot of ruck craft um, during the week in the shed 
and working with the mids in terms of that connection has been really important. I think it's an area that's really grown for us this year. Uh, on field has been um, that connection between our rucks and mids, which has enabled us to be a lot better and a lot more um, competitive when it comes to the clearances um, on game day. So um, having a having a little bit of an understanding of um, you know the ruck craft and where the uh, where the rucks like to hit the ball and what's easiest for them to do that um, has probably helped in terms of helping that translate that to where the midfielders should be. So um, Sam's always a, a fan of the, of the little fella. So trying to get him a perspective from the big guy side has been um, has been my battle. But um, I think I'm slowly uh, slowly working him over, but still got plenty of scope to go. Now, speaking of uh, two big blokes, you you mentioned before Ned Reeves and also Lloyd Meek and how in terms of games played, they're both sitting well and truly under that 50 game mark and obviously they've got time uh, to continue to develop. How have you seen their combination so far this season? Because both of them, when they've had the opportunity, both seem to look really good playing that 80% ruck style and that 20% resting. How do you go in terms of making it work with both of them uh, in the team at one time? (laughs) Yeah, they they both bring different things to the table. So Ned's Ned with his height and his centre bounce um, craft has been really important to us to be to be better in that part of the ground. Um, for a big guy, he's got a good leap um, and can hit it with both hands, which is important in the centre bounce. And Miki's a bit more of a workhorse, so he likes to play as that sort of fifth mid, follow up, um, tackle, be a presence at ground level. Um, and both of them have done you know little aspects that have been really good. We'd like to increase their uh, impact is a forward for both of them. So um, both haven't hit the scoreboard too much or had really an impact um, aerially down that part of the ground. So it's definitely an area we're working on to get that bang for buck for, for both of them. Uh, if they can add a goal a game each and then continue with their ruck craft, that'd be the, the icing on the cake. So um, both of them are still working hard at that, um, both as a ruck and a, and a forward. So going forward, hopefully, um, I guess similar to when I was playing, having that, that, um, versatility to be able to play both roles is really important as, as in today's footy. So especially for a guy like Ned, if he's not getting his hand on the ball as a ruckman, if you can at least provide a contest and hit the scoreboard as a forward, um, his value will increase. So um, hopefully going forward, we'll see those guys be able to hit the scoreboard a little bit more. You mentioned earlier that there were sort of up to 17 or 18 guys that we could have running through the midfield at any one time. In terms of dividing up the centre square attendances, how difficult has that been? Because we know we've seen, obviously, James Warple coming back to his Peter Crimmins medal best. We've seen the rise of Connor Nash. We've seen Will Day become a bona fide superstar. And then we've got John Newcomb, who's tough as nails. Plus, you throw in your Cam McKenzie's. You've got your Connor McDonald's. Obviously, it's very tricky. How do you you work out in terms of that division of the centre square attendance? Uh, it, it is a, it is a challenge. They, uh, they all like to play in there. And, um, as you even a guy like Dylan Moore, uh, Josh Ward, there's guys that, um, that, that, yeah, that, that have some good characteristics to be able to play inside there. So getting the balance, um, especially even the guys that can spread. So what, what Josh Ward brings to the table is different to what Jai will bring in terms of pure grunt at the center bounce versus the next, next phase or the next contest. So, um, and the and the improvement of um, especially like Nashi this year has really gone from a being able to use his frame and his presence inside to be able to one either play as a pure mid or two be able to play in a gating role at times as well has been important. So um, it is a balancing act and it's something we've looked to look to make sure we get exposure to a guy like Cam McKenzie if he's getting you know six to ten centre bounces same as Josh Ward, and now we're starting to bleed in a little bit more of Connor McDonald and Dylan Moore at times has played some centre bounce too. So um, it is it is a little bit of a balancing act, but 
the more guys we can have as a midfield group that can play purely inside and then be able to play, um, obviously, Nashi and Wardy probably play a little bit more on the wing outside. Um, Jai and Daisy uh, and, and Mackenzie have played a little bit more as a forward. So having that multiple role um, is something we want to continue to add to those guys to be able to add purely if they're not working at one spot or even if they are, that multiple guys can run through there, which is, uh, which is increasing our midfield depth. Speaking of Connor Nash, when he came on the Talking Hawks podcast earlier this season, he was talking about the similarities between you and the Rain Man in terms of your number crunching ability and your outside the box thinking. <laughs> when you uh, when you took the midfield coaching role at the beginning of this season, did you think the transformation of the group would occur in such a quick time? Uh, oh, I guess you come in and you, you're hopeful that um, the things you put into place over summer will eventuate into when you get to the the hustle and bustle of the AFL season. Um, I mean, we still got, we're doing some things well. We've still got plenty of scope to improve and the bulk of that group is still 19, 20. I think the oldest is 24, maybe Nashi and Warps are 24. So the main goal for this group is to be playing together for the next two, three, four years where they have a real chemistry and understanding of each's, each's strengths and um, almost to the point where they know what each other is going to do at any given point uh, on the field. So, We've seen at times this year the synergy between them has been really good. There's been games where um, we, that hasn't worked as well. But the majority of the improvement has come from the work they did in the summer and continue to increase their smarts and understanding of uh, midfield craft and stoppage work and the importance of spread from contest to contest. Um, it's something we've sort of hammered into them a fair bit and you're starting to see the fruits of that now. But um, another summer of doing that, another you know 20, 30 games into these guys will put him in position, hopefully, where when we're when we're in a stage where we want to contend, uh, whether that's the back end of next year or the year after, um, these the midfield group is one that's um, really driving that that um, want to get successful, I suppose, and be in a position where that group is a is a formidable force going forward. It certainly looks that way, especially when you you take into account you know C Max game. On the weekend before the bye, we had his absolute breakout. As you said, we see Nashi being able to play many different roles, Daisy as well, as well as Warps and Duke. So, you know, it's certainly positive as a Hawthorne supporter to watch that midfield group grow and develop and to see something special that's coming about. Now with yeah, uh, Connor trained most of the um Connor trained most of the summer as a as a mid. Um and obviously with the depth we've got in there with Warps coming back, um, Nashi playing more side, Will Day playing inside. Um especially early in the year with his running capacity, he played a lot of that high forward role. But um, I think the, you know, his footy, footy IQ and his, his skill level inside um, will eventually continue to force him inside. So, um, I mean, it's good to put, you know, there's pressure on those guys that have been inside to perform. So those guys have held their end of the bargain up, which is, um, you know, made, made the other positions a little bit more scarce. But um, I think another another summer for C-Mac in particular, the midfield craft will will help him as it will with Josh Ward and, and Cam McKenzie. Speaking of those young players putting pressure on the guys who are currently holding those positions in the seniors, how hard is match committee currently at the moment? Because we have so many midfielders, whether it's at senior level or VFL level, who are playing some really top quality AFL standard footy. Yeah, it is, it is hard. And, um, you know, guys like Ned Long, who's played, I think he played a couple of games and did a variety of roles when he came to AFL footy. But his his progression from where he was last year as a VFL midfielder has been um, really steep as well. So last year, he sort of struggled to get games where he'd consistently get over 20, whereas now he's in the upper 20s and 30s more consistently. Um, Cooper Stevens came over from Geelong. 
Um, show some really good craft as a midfielder as well. Continuing to work on a few things on his um, outside game and spread. But he's another one that, you know, if an injury struck or an opportunity presented for him, he's he's one you could slot in straight away. Um, then you've got Henry Huswade, again, who's played, I think he's on the weekend was one of his better games as an inside mid. Um, again, he's only, he's 18 coming out of a draft year, but got some really good qualities that we think would stand up at AFL level. So, um, yeah, while those guys at the AFL are performing, it makes it hard to be able to, to be able to change too much because we want to continue to work on that chemistry that we, we're building with that group. But making sure that you continue to sprinkle in um, and continue to educate and, and make those guys that are in the tier below at the moment, make sure when they get their opportunity, they they stay in um, and make a really good charger to themselves as, as a midfielder. So our midfield depth is, is continuing to grow. Um, and as I said, there's, there's more guys that want to continue to get in there. So um, it is a positive for us in terms of that young group. And it's really hot driving that standard of the, of the midfield group um, currently. Now, can you take us into the coaching box and in particular, I guess the, the coaching group, what's the dynamics of the group like? Because we know there's some quirky characters like Hick. There's obviously yourself who, uh, as a school teacher, we've got Sam Mitchell and we've got Kate Simpson, plus you've got Colo. Uh, and the likes, when you disagree on certain topics, how do you actually resolve those disagreements? Is it a simple case of, you know, rock, paper, scissors, shoot, or how do you go about it? No, oh, I guess in the end, the final decision rests with Sam. So um, having different inputs from, so the way the way Colo views the game is is vastly different from the way, um, yeah, Hick, Hick might view the game. So, but it's good to have, have different perspectives and different opinions on, um, you know, the way AFL footy should be played. So a lot of teams play similar brands of football, but um, even if it's guys playing in different positions. So, for instance, Josh Sarong at the moment has gone from forward to play back the last few weeks. Uh, we've had multiple guys, and a lot of that, um, you know, Colo might come up with a, a harebrained suggestion to be able to do a certain thing, and it might sound strange, but uh, a man with his experience has been around footy a long time, um, understands what qualities will be, you know, and what things will be enhanced if you put someone in a different position. So um, it's good to get that. Um, outside the box thinking and even as you said Hicks, Hicks a different character but he's someone again that brings different things that um, different thinking that you might not have yourself so I think a coaching group is really important that, that it's diverse and not have everyone on the same page so that's something that um, this coaching group in particular has been good at for the, the time I've been here. Now you and Sam have a wonderful rich history together obviously you were the triple premiership players together you've been teammates as well during that successful period of time at the club have you seen sam's development in terms of his footballing mind over the journey and what's he like in the coach's box (laughs) he's always been a really um smart uh, footballer he's one of the one of the best at reading the game and seeing the the trends of uh, what's unfolding in front of him so as a player he was always like a like a second midfield coach uh, whether it was center bounce or um, structures between the arcs sam was always pretty um, all over that sort of stuff. So that's only flowed on to his, to his coaching uh, start of his coaching career. And that's definitely a strength of his been able to read the game and see, um, been able to foretell almost what the, the game's telling us uh, as a coach, he's probably a little bit similar to it to he was as a player. So could get a little bit feisty at times. Um, but I think the, the growth of him has been his, uh, the way he's, can calm himself down, think think clearly, get um, collaboration from the other coaches and then make a decision that'll impact the game, whether that's structurally or in the way that we want to play, um, has something that he's um, not taken on board because he could always do it, but I think it's something that he'll continue to grow at, which will make 
um, our decision making from the box because in the end we, we we can't influence the game a huge amount but the, the couple of things that you might do might be able to swing momentum or control back in your favor so that's something we're continually um, developing as a coaching group now in terms of your own coaching you've had one game as a caretaker afl coach and that was uh, when you were at Fremantle for a loss do you see yourself ever wanting to get the head coaching role again or are you happy at the moment just playing the role of, of assistant yeah, down the track, it's definitely something I'll look to look to work toward um, as an assistant. Is even now trying to develop as much as you can underneath and prepare yourself for that that um, opportunity. But I guess I guess there's nothing will prepare yourself for when you get to that hot seat. So uh, having to man manage more people, coaches, players, uh, meeting with balls, list management, all that sort of stuff is something that a lot of assistants probably don't get exposure to or, or enough exposure to to be able to make sure the transition's quick. And even watching Sam now, the amount of Meetings and extra stuff that you have to take on as a as a head coach is is um something that unless you're in the hot seat it's probably hard to prepare for. But definitely enjoyed uh, the one game I had. Um, you know, been able to call the shots and see the game and um, do all the preparation, all that sort of stuff was was really something I really enjoyed and um, will take forward going um, into the future. So yeah, down the track, that's something I'll definitely look to uh, to work toward. In terms of the development of a young squad, what can Hawthorne supporters expect to see from this back half of the season? I think there's just progression of the last month. So our footy in the last month, say for probably the first half against Port, has been pretty encouraging against some good teams. I think the uh, the attacking brand of football that we've been playing, especially in this last month to six weeks, has been something that um, our supporters will uh, look forward to going to the footy and watching. And just the continued development of our, our young players. So getting all those guys that are currently played 20, 30 games to 50, 60 mark to be in that, as we know, when with you get to the premiership list, so it's the bulk of your squad, if they're between that 60 to 100 game mark and with a bit more experience at the top end, that's when you're really in a good position when they've played together for a couple of years to really um, really be in contention. So, um, yeah, I think our, our fans will be excited by what they see in terms of the development of those young guys and uh, us continuing to be develop our game plan and be a competitive side on the field is really important. And the last question we have for you today, David, is what's been your favourite moment of the year to date for the Hawthorne Footy Club? Favourite moment? Um, oh, I guess winning last week against Brizzy was a was a great win. Back at the MCG, we hadn't actually played too many games at the G this year, so to see, see the uh, the Hawk Army out and about and, and getting excited by what they see against a really um, premiership contender was um, was really encouraging and just seeing the guys, especially in that second half, when they get a little bit of momentum and confidence up the way that, you know, guys like Connor McDonald and, and Dylan Moore and uh, Mitch Lewis get around and a bit of swagger about them when they when things are going our way is, um, is really encouraging for us as a coaching group and should be exciting for our, for the Hawthorne family. I think we all enjoyed seeing Jacob Kazitsi do the double cobra a couple of times when he <laughs> kicks some goals. <laughs> yes, very good. Well, thank you very much for giving us your time this afternoon, especially in preparation for this week's game against the Suns. And we look forward to seeing the continued rise of the, the young Hawthorne squad over the end of the 2023 season and into the future. No worries. Great talking to you. This concludes today's Talking Hawks episode. Please make sure to like and follow us on our social media, whether it's at Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook at Talking Hawks. Make sure to subscribe to us on YouTube. And if podcasts are your thing, please feel free to like and follow us on your favorite podcast provider. While you're there, feel free to give us a review and a five-star rating as it helps us to connect and engage with Hawthorne fans across the Talking Hawks content. This has been the Talking Hawks podcast, and until next time, go the Hawks.